I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, all my fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I am the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets. Episode 12, baby. It's another week. We're still here. We are suffering through the August heat. It's actually been fucking gnarly outside. It's been raining and humid as fuck. So I am inside. I feel like I've been inside for way too long. I also got in a little accident on my bike the other day. Nothing serious, but you can send flowers if you'd like and pray for me. I sustained some cuts and bruises and uh, soreness in my muscles from falling off my bike. (sighs) Safety first, people. But yeah, I've just been hanging out. I've been listening to some new music. I get very behind on uh, what the kids are listening to. And I stumbled upon this new song by Machine Gun Kelly, who's one of the more famous examples of the emo white rapper trend we're seeing now. I'm low-key very attracted to him, I have to say. I also recently watched the Lil Peep documentary, which I think is on Netflix, and I found myself extremely attracted to him as well. I think emo guys are kind of part of my love map because I grew up listening to that music and uh, it's kind of crossed over into rappers now that grew up in the 2000s and were influenced by that sound. Um, And anyway, I was watching the video for his new-ish song. It's called My Bloody Valentine by Machine Gun Kelly, which features in the video the one, the only, Megan Fox. I heard that they're also dating now. So I know she used to date that dweeb from 90210. So now she's with Machine Gun Kelly. She has interesting taste in men. I respect that. Um, But this song is so reminiscent of that emo pop punk sound from the 2000s. Think Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, Blink-182, and then a dollop of Dashboard Confessional. And that's exactly the sound and the video is super fun basically um, Megan Fox has MGK tied up and his mouth taped shut for most of the video and is taunting and torturing him love it more female on male torture in my music videos please check it out if you're looking for a good time Um, I'll throw the song at the end of the episode why not but on to the meat of what I want to get to Megan Fox, I kind of forgot about her. She was the it girl for a few years. She was kind of like the go-to hot girl that people would always reference and use as an example of a hot girl if they needed one. I think the equivalent now would probably be uh, like a Gigi Hadid or Emily Ratatowski. Ratatowski? Ratatowski? Ratatowski. Um, <laughs> if you need... An example of a hot girl in an argument or to draw a parallel, you would have used her as a generic example. And I remember in college when the Transformers movies were at the peak of popularity, guys would have Megan Fox posters in their dorm rooms. Megan Fox was basically the queen of hearts. But 
in my freshman year dorm room, we used to have whiteboards on our doors and people could write messages on them and stuff. I, I wonder if they have that now or if everyone just snaps each other or texts each other. I feel like in another 10 years, the whiteboard industry will be virtually non-existent. RIP whiteboards. We barely knew you. Anyway, down the hall from my freshman year dorm room, someone had written on their own whiteboard, Megan Fox has a round face and a fat thumb. That was the entire message. And I even looked it up at the time because I was like, what even is a fat thumb? Do I have them? And it looked like she had, you know, one normal proportionate looking thumb. And then her other thumb was shaped a little oddly. Um, or maybe a, like a little short and wide. I assume she was just born with her thumbs like that. It's honestly not even noticeable unless you're looking for it. And even so, who the fuck was paying attention to her thumbs? I wasn't looking at her thumbs. I'll tell you that much. I was too distracted by her perfect face and body. And then the other part about her having a round face First of all, I remember seeing that and instantly feeling so insecure because I have a rounder face and a fuller face than most. And I've always had that. And seeing that was kind of a confirmation to me that having a round face is not attractive, which was always a fear of mine. Now I actually like the fact that I have a round face and full cheeks because it makes me look like a newborn babe, which is an asset as I'm about to turn 30. But besides that, it's also a part of who I am. If I had a different shaped face, I wouldn't look like me. And there are plenty of other things about myself that I've learned to love and accept over the years. Like my booty chin, for example. I have a small cleft in my chin and I'd always squeeze it together and make it look like a butt and kind of pick myself apart for it. But now I think it's totally chic and cute and unique and accepting that took a long time, but I finally got there. And I actually take away something entirely different now from that Megan Fox whiteboard message experience that I had in college, um, knowing everything I know now. Because this was pre-Instagram and I suppose... The type of person who would write that on a whiteboard circa 2008 would be a modern day internet troll. Someone who just writes hateful things because they feel bad about themselves and they want to tear someone else down in order to feel better. Which brings me to comparisons and why comparing yourself to others, whether it be friends, family, celebrities, people that you follow on Instagram, etc., is very harmful and counterproductive to your goal of self-acceptance and self-love. This is something that we all struggle with to some degree. There are a handful of people that I know in real life and not in real life, actually, both. And interestingly enough, none of them are people that I'm very close to. They're all women that I know in passing or as acquaintances or just, you know, on social media. And I often find myself comparing myself to them, comparing my appearance to theirs, comparing what my life looks like compared to theirs or what kind of apartment they live in and how it compares to mine. I find myself looking at their Instagram photos and fantasizing about their perfect life. And I know that you can't really tell what a person's life is like 
based on their social media, but I still can't help doing it sometimes. And when that happens, I always remind myself, it doesn't matter how you compare to that person. That person or a version of that person will always exist and you will always be you. So trying to measure up to how fabulous you think that other person is will only be a roadblock on your journey to self-acceptance. It's much more productive to focus on how you can be the happiest and most fulfilled version of yourself. I hate to say it, but whoever wrote that whiteboard message, Megan Fox has a round face and a fat thumb, is still never going to be Megan Fox. Okay? And Megan Fox doesn't give a shit. She can't hear you sitting on top of her pile of money. If you generate negativity, even if it's around someone else, even if you're saying negative things about somebody else and not yourself, it will only foster more negativity within yourself. That's why when I see someone who I think is beautiful or fabulous, I try to lift them up instead of tear them down. Because as cheesy as it sounds, guys, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. God, did you guys see those like TikToks and those memes at the beginning of quarantine? People doing like the high school musical dance and singing, we're all in this together. I'm like, we're not in this together. I can't see anyone. Moving on though, I've received a DM from a gorgeous and flawless listener who said a bunch of wonderful things, but I wanted to highlight one thing she said. Um that I thought was so great, which is, she said, I appreciate you having people with many different body types, shapes, sizes on the show. I'm in the process of grappling with my own fat phobia, how skewed my perspective is and accepting my body as it is. I bring all that up because I tend to assume that people who are thinner or smaller than me just have an easier time with their bodies or that they're ridiculous for feeling like they're fat. So your conversations have helped me chip a little more away at the belief I've held on to for so long that if I only were a particular size, I would be happy. This message is everything. She hit the nail right on the head on so many levels. First of all, I'm so glad that you appreciate the diversity on this show because diversity is so important and we're discussing that now as a culture more than ever in the larger sense of media needing to diversify and represent the real world and all the different kinds of people that live in this world. But also size inclusivity and size diversity is so important when discussing health at every size because how can you have an intelligent discussion about health at every size if you don't talk to people of different sizes? Adoy. So I appreciate that. And I also love um, that you enjoy hearing stories from all different people and learning that we all struggle with body image. We all live under the reign of diet culture in some way, regardless of what size you are. And what this listener said was so spot on that comparing yourself to others and thinking, well, that person doesn't struggle as much as I do, um, is actually a total trap. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier, which is comparing yourself to others, whether you put them on a pedestal or you try to tear them down to make yourself feel better. Either way, you're only hurting yourself because all your focus is on someone else and how much better or worse you perceive them to be. And it distracts from addressing your own needs and your own issues. Finally, 
also, it is so true that if you struggle with disordered eating of any kind, you buy into the notion that one day when you get down to a certain size, you'll finally be happy. But for so many of us, we soon discover that this idea is a myth. And when we get down to that certain size and somehow we're still not satisfied um, and we keep searching for happiness at the next goal weight or after the last few pounds or after the next fitness goal, only to realize that those things can't make us happy because the problem is not really our weight but how we feel about ourselves deep down. I think now would be a perfect time to introduce my guest. I've been wanting to have a man on to discuss male body image, and I will be adding some more men into the mix in the future, but today's guest is, in my humble opinion, the perfect introduction The perfect introduction to this strange and unfamiliar world of male body image and specifically for gay men who have a whole different set of body image standards than the ones I typically talk about on this podcast. His name is Chris Burns and his Instagram handle is Fat Carrie Bradshaw. He's cultivated a following based on his Instagram persona and his drag persona of Fat Carrie. Um, And Chris is a true individual. I respect his sense of style and his comedic sensibilities so much. And in this conversation, he talks about how creating this persona was sort of an outlet for him to express himself, having grown up as a fat kid and a closeted gay kid, which was clearly an isolating experience. This is yet another example of how embracing your individuality and your uniqueness and weirdness actually works in your favor. And people will gravitate towards you when they feel that you're being authentic to who, to who you are. And you can only really do that by embracing who you are and not comparing yourself to others. So here we go. I hope you love this conversation with Chris as much as I did. Guys, my guest today is a comedian, content creator, podcaster, drag performer, and overall hilarious human being. He's known on Instagram as Fat Carrie Bradshaw. Welcome to the show, Chris Burns. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. I wanted to have you on because... First of all, I love your Instagram presence. Oh, thank you. I love I just love following people who are positive and vibrant and just I feel like have real a really funny, unique perspective and you're one of those people. So Oh my god, thank you so much. I I've never been called positive, I feel like before. <laughs> I'm like I'm well, very into it. See, I like to I like to pepper in the positivity. Yes, you're you, you are know? self-deprecating, <laughs> but I feel like your overall presence is very bright and sparkly and I just love talking to people like that and oh, love having them you. on my yes. show. Oh. Thank you. I needed to hear that today. Of course. I appreciate that so much. Of course. So we talk about body image on this show, and I would love to just first know your history with body image, what your relationship was um, with your body, and perhaps with food when you were growing up. Uh, I've always been super confident. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can you imagine? Literally, Um, no one has ever answered the question (laughs) that way. So it would be a first. If I was like, everything was great. um, Yeah, that's it. No, um, I I mean, definitely 
being body positive has come over many, many years and in time. And I mean, I didn't come out of the closet until I was like 21. And I think it kind of started past that even like I so I feel I can't remember when I was like not a thick bitch, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But like I when I first moved to the city, I lost like 100 pounds and I was still like big and I've put probably like more than half of that on over the past eight years. Um, but like in growing up, I was like the leave a t-shirt on if I happen to get in the pool, but I'm not going to the pool uh, party. Kind you of were person. t-shirt over the swim trunks kid. I was definitely t-shirt over the swim trunks kind of kid. Um, <clears throat> so I think like being gay and also being fat was like kind of scarring <laughs> through mm-hmm. like uh, growing up but uh, I mean I'm so many of us have similar stories to that um and I definitely think that I still to this day like use food as a comfort and I really try not to do that um but it doesn't work out so well most of the time yeah it's but so hard because you have to eat you have to eat so I think if you if you have a tricky relationship with food, it's such a slippery slope yeah. for so many people. And I like still find myself I use it as like a reward for myself. Like I'll be like, no, I'm not going to eat dinner right now while I'm still working. Like it'll be my reward for finishing the day. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's things like that. I think that I'm still working on, but I do kind of feel like I started faking it until like you know the fake it till you make it yeah saying that everyone does I like really tried living by that for like years and the past I would say like two three years it started to like catch on where I started to believe the things that I was saying um and I find that like when I get such a nice response from doing things like that it's encouraging and I feel like it's just like honestly easier to live life not caring (laughs) about feeling so uh, for me it's like kind of a choice like I'm like I know that I'm self-conscious in this moment but I'm really just trying to like block out that voice and not let on that I'm self-conscious and eventually I'm hoping it'll dissipate even more yeah the fake it till you make it thing I mean it it really does work not in that it improves your self-esteem but once you start doing things or being yourself in a way that maybe you don't think you can because you're insecure then the response that it gets from other people is very validating because people feel very at ease around somebody who's so confident with themselves and happy with themselves that it kind of like reinforces that if that makes sense yeah totally so yeah I mean it's definitely been a journey and sometimes I am now I'm like I wish I could go back to high school for like one day just as the person that I am now just to be like fuck off you suck like me (laughs) too you know it's even with teacher like anything I'm like actually no I don't have to fucking run the mile right now (laughs) what are you going to do yes oh my god yes I relate to that so hard I I've wanted to now mind you I didn't go to either of my high school reunions not the five year Um, not the 10 year me either yeah because I don't actually want I don't actually want to see you know any of those people the people that I do 
keep in touch with, I keep in touch with. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm like the four people that I still want to talk to, I talk to. Exactly. But I, I do fantasize sometimes about going back to like that younger version of myself and just like stomping it out, like just finding a way yeah. to make it work. I don't know if I actually would though, because kids can be mean. <laughs> oh no, it would have I'd have to go back like to the same class. Like I couldn't go like the Gen Zers that are like in high school now, I'm like terrified of. They're so scary. Have you ever seen how they troll like millennials on TikTok? It's so funny. <laughs> you know, I'm not a talker and <laughs> I I I'm not really either. I don't want to misconstrue myself as a talker, okay. but <laughs> Yeah, I know I I the I go on there sometimes because I'm like, "Oh, this is a thing. I really should try to figure out how this works and try to game the system or whatever. So I'll log on and then I'll just be bombarded by all these 16 year olds like popping and locking. And I just like, oh, cannot. Yeah. it's too much stimulation. I just can't handle it. No. And they'll be like, Oh, my parents are making me go to college. Like mocking millennials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Do you think that, um, going back to like the self-confidence stuff, do you think that, growing up um was it reinforced by your parents like did your parents tell you that you needed to lose weight or did they try to monitor what you were eating or anything like that um not I mean being overweight like definitely runs in my family so it's like an understanding thing um I remember feeling like guilty because the doctor I would feel like the doctor was like judging my parents when I was like eight you know like go for your physical and they're like you need to lose weight um it's like you know a fat person can't go to the doctor for anything without them being like your nasal passage is you know you have allergies lose weight yeah like, lose 20 the pounds <laughs> and then come back to me exactly um so I used to feel guilty I think that I felt like the doctor was like judging my parents when I was like that's it's not so sad <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I never felt, um, like, judged for by them for my weight, I guess, because they also had issues with it. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I think a lot of it comes from media also, like, the things that I would be really into. Even, like, if you watch, like, Friends, like, fat was not okay up until, like, uh, two years ago yeah absolutely then, not absolutely you know? in fact um it's funny you bring up friends because I was doing a deep dive the other night and I found this old interview with Lisa Kudrow and she was talking about how the entire time she was on friends she had a crazy eating disorder and just oh felt God. so inadequate compared to um Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox because they were so small and thin and she was thin too but she yeah. was you know taller and I guess like putting myself in her shoes I could see how that would have happened yeah. but it's so insane because friends is like this example of like there were no fat people on that show no I mean they even like have the storyline of Monica was fat and then when she lost all the weight is when she became like worthy of hanging out with them yeah and then and she like, got the guy that ignored her exactly. when she was fat and she like she's like I'm just scared that I'm gonna get fat again, yeah. And it's like also w we can't even cast a fat person. Like it's just Courtney Cox in a fucking um, absurd fat suit. fat suit. Like when Tyra wore the fat suit and like couldn't even live a day without 
having an emotional breakdown. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was so insane. I mean, you know, I think just like fat suit technology has not evolved past a certain point because even I don't know if you watched <laughs> Mad Men, but Betty Draper in Mad Men was um, she had a storyline for a season that she had gained a lot of weight and she had this ridiculous like chin strap. And <laughs> it's always a chin strap. So distracting. Yeah, no, it's, you know, so, and I grew up, like, watching, obviously, all of those shows, like, obsessed with those shows, um, and now I, like, resent them, but it's, you know, I don't know, I guess we're getting more fat people on TV, so that's good, but. Yeah, we are, I mean, there's still a ways to go, um, but it is getting to a place where at least there's some representation. Whereas in the nineties, like growing up in the nineties was just a disaster in that sense. Like lots of nostalgia, lots of amazing media. But, um, in that respect, like I don't remember feeling, cause I used to be very overweight when I was growing up or classified that way. And, um, and I did not feel represented. I, wanted to be Britney Spears like that's who I wanted oh, to yeah, be <laughs> but I mean yeah everybody did but I just you know could not get past the fact that her she had an insane body and but that's what all the pop stars looked like that's what Christina yeah. looked like Jessica Simpson like they all kind of just looked like clones of each other oh yeah I mean it was definitely a time I'm curious when did you start doing drag and how did you come up with the name Fat Carrie Bradshaw so the name actually like came before I started doing drag um the name actually I was just (laughs) like I had lived in this so I moved to the city in like 2012 and I hadn't watched Sex in the City at all when I moved here um and so like maybe a year into living here I started like binging it and honestly, the name just came because I was really high and I was watching Sex in the City. And I was like, oh, my God, Fat Carrie Bradshaw would be such a funny Instagram handle. Yeah. And I changed it to that. Um, and then I started the first time I did drag was for a show at UCB called Keeping Up with the Kardashians, episode 666. The heir to Kardashian Manor, where um, <laughs> I was playing Kim Kardashian and that was the first time I was like in drag and then um, someone from batches where I'm full time now was at the show and was like, we want to do these videos. So I started doing the videos and then when I started uh, and then people like started to know me as fat Carrie Bradshaw Mm -hmm. because of the handle. Uh, And so then when I started performing in drag as well, like live, the name just kind of stuck because I'm like, I'm not going to have three names. Yeah. Like I, I I never thought that my drag name would be fat Carrie, but here, I mean, I literally have it tattooed on my arm now. So it's like, Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. That's so funny. So the persona came before the drag, the persona. Yeah. The, the, I was always like posting crazy shit. So the name, the persona I always like post was posting crazy shit. Like, uh, talking about robbing people like you know whatever just funny stuff um i always posted even for my like l- 500 followers like i had a lot of followers yeah. and so I there's think, the fake it till you make it mentality. yeah it just kind of came and i mean fat care i like put it in the handle knowing i think that it was kind of me making uh if you call yourself fat before other people can then it's a different thing you like yeah. own it so I feel yeah. like by calling myself fat Carrie it just makes me feel um 
I don't know, like more in control. Cause you know, I hate when people say like heavy is my least favorite thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like that one either. There are like a few words that are supposed to be nicer that somehow come off way meaner. Yeah. I'm like, I had a shop in the Husky section. Okay. <laughs> JC Penny when I was in high school, I, you know, just call it fucking plus size. I'm done with the, <laughs> all the terms. Yeah. You know, actually that's I, when I was in school, um, I, I must have been in like the third or fourth grade. I remember this kid who was like a troll. Um, he called me Husky. And I was like, it, this was like one of the first times that anybody ever said to my face um, something insulting about my body. But I remember I, mm. I actually did bite back. I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just call me? Why did you say that to me? And he was like, oh, I, I didn't say fat. I didn't say fat. And I'm like, well, if you have to say that you didn't say it then I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure that heavily implies what you meant oh 100 percent. I think yeah because I was so afraid of that word for so long that finally I was like I don't know I mean I I obviously don't regret that at all and I really look at that as like a turning point in my life was when I was like I'm fat's not an insult yeah so that was kind of a way of you taking ownership of your body and like taking back what you thought other people might say about you. Yeah, 100%. I That's think. awesome. And also, like, being fat in the gay world is, like, you know, a whole nother beast. So Yeah, I actually wanted to ask you about that because, and the only experience I have with it is um, from talking to friends of mine that are gay mm. men, but it seems like there is more pressure, in a way, to maintain a certain body type or a certain level of fitness it seems like gay men feel that pressure sometimes more than straight men do. Has that been your experience? Yeah. I mean, for sure. I think in general, that's for sure. Cause I mean, these gay dating apps are nightmares and it is not so bad anymore, but it used to be like no fats, no femmes, no Asians was like the classic thing in the gay. That's why now a lot of, people you'll see people wearing shirts that say like, yes, fats, yes, femmes, yes, Asians. Cause it was like a classic thing oh wow and that's so interesting no which Asians is like, that's like so fucked up on so many levels yeah horrifying but I mean if you know the um drag queen kimchi who was on drag race who's like an amazing makeup artist she for her like finale song it was no fats no femmes no Asians because she was all three so it was like <laughs> she really took it back yeah. so I mean I think that's getting better thank god but um yeah, seeing that obviously in profiles, dating profiles all the time. And I'm not a like hypersexual person to begin with. So like to be, it, it, I feel like being fat and I think it is not only in the gay world, but in like straight dating too is like so fetishized sometimes yeah. where if you see like a thinner person with a fat person, you're like, oh my God, that's like a fetish. But it's always... Like, why is somebody whose type is, like, blonde girls, that's just their type. But if someone's type is thick girls, then it's a fetish, you right. know? And you see that way more often uh, with heavier women and it, women who are heavier than the man. You don't oh, yeah. see that as often. Like, if a... Uh, oh, no. The, like, look at King of Queens. Like, there's so many shows exactly. where it's... It was so widely accepted. So straight men have it the easiest, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and then I think gay men probably have it the second easiest and it's hardest on women. But I, I don't, I don't know. It's like a whole thing. And then a lot of times I feel like maybe is this all in my head? Like, am I making up? Am I so on guard that it's fetishized that that's why it becomes that? So. No, I think it definitely is. And, and I've heard that from quite a few people that that's a thing. Obviously, I haven't seen it firsthand because I've never been on Grinder. I'm not a gay man, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it seems to be like a very pervasive thing. And also, you bring up a good point too, which is like you are not like in terms of the classic categories that gay men put themselves into, like for example, twinks and bears like mm-hmm. you you don't very you don't seem to me to fall into one of those categories very easily yeah and i think people have like called me a bear and i'm like the fuck who are you talking to like <laughs> absolutely and that, not and a lot of people are like what it's not an insult it's just like what it is and i'm like i don't feel like that on the inside i do not feel like a bear <laughs> do bears paint um, their nails no, they're like, well, I, I guess it depends. <laughs> Maybe it depends. There's, there's different subsets of bears also. Got it, got um, it. But, and I think that's also the thing in drag, like, it's a whole different experience. Like, I feel so different in drag and out of drag because in drag, a fat drag queen's just, like, fabulous. Like, that's just right. it. Um, that must be nice. There's no judgment. It is nice, but then, you know, it you'll meet someone in drag and then someone out of drag and it's like two different vibes and conversations. Yeah. Actually, I remember when you came on Hot Mess a while back, you were telling us that people would judge you sometimes for like not having fake nails or not doing like doing certain things to your like to 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 like with your costuming oh for drag things yeah Yeah. for drag things um is that still a thing or have we moved away from that that's still very much i think like uh if someone doesn't like pad right or doesn't like block their brows down um or tape their junk exactly there's like all different things um and yes that still is a thing but also now i'm at a point where that does not bother me as much at all because I'm like fuck off like that I, I think maybe I've just become a lot more confident in drag so being judged by people who I don't know it, it's like I'm like if you're RuPaul and I'm like trying to win money here then I'll take your critiques sure but you're nobody to me so yeah sure as Destiny <laughs> Strauss once anymore. said do you pay my bills exactly <laughs> um Literally. so have you reached a point of self-acceptance now I mean you say you're still working on it but I'm wondering like what what do you do now to like check yourself to make sure you're in a place of like self-confidence and do you still struggle with that um I think 100% I still struggle with that and I feel like it comes in waves of all of a sudden it'll I'll feel like how I did years ago and I don't really know how to combat that or I I don't there's definitely moments where I feel terrible and then there's also moments where I'm like why are you feeling like that like look how far you've come from I think it's so easy to just compare yourself to everyone around you instead of comparing yourself to 
yourself which like if I look back even two years I feel like I've grown so much since then so I think that's important is to just like stay positive even if you're not feeling super positive um but yeah I would say that I still struggle but and that's probably like a lifelong thing but every I'm much better now than I was even a year ago. And I say that every year. So as long as that keeps going. Mazel tov. I feel like the internet is such a good place. Um, Well, it can be a very scary place, but I feel like growing up in the age of the internet gave us a lot of opportunities to feel like we could express them ourselves and like find a niche in a way. I know that I like, I found my niche from being on like, podcast chat forums and like yeah on uh live journal and like all that shit when I was when I was younger I feel like I would be a completely different person if I didn't have that oh totally yeah I think everyone kind of finds their thing um uh, like Doja Cat for like she talks about kind of a similar thing where it was like live journals and stuff like that is like how she (laughs) um Doja Cat's fucking sick kind of like escaped feeling bad all the time and how that's she gained her confidence so that's how I feel I'm like you know maybe if my confidence is a little false I don't care because I feel I feel confident about it yeah so do you get um negative comments or like hateful feedback on your photos or on your sketches or anything like that um yes but in in comparison to the positive ones like truly I can count on my hands like the number of times there have been like really mean comments or something um literally for every like 200 nice things I'll get one negative and I use the negative comments as uh as like an opportunity because if you comment back on someone's negative comment with something funny people live for it like literally yesterday somebody commented on a photo it was the first comment um what the fuck is that thing like talking about me (laughs) so you were that thing I was that thing so I commented back like if you're trying to fuck just like slide into my dms you know (laughs) so like that's generally how I deal with that that's great I take that as an opportunity I'm like if you're gonna send me a negative message or a negative comment I'm going to use it to post and get a joke and get more followers that's great because that's like the i i i don't get a lot of negative whatever but i have significantly like less of a following but that's one thing that i always struggle with um is like do i say something because i know that this person just wants attention or do i just ignore it and then people think it's okay to write something like that so i think writing a joke is actually like the perfect way to handle that And it's so frustrating because I'm like, I have like all of these nice comments, but the only one that I really want to respond to is this negative one. Yeah. Um, But I guess that's just being a human being is like trying to defend yourself. But yeah, I really try to not focus on that because I'm also like, what kind of a psycho just sits at home and writes negative comments on things? Also like... Or in podcast reviews because I'm like, I can't respond to these and it makes me so frustrated so yeah it's so annoying that that actually um is what I was thinking about because 
and I talked about this a while back. I feel like I shouldn't talk about it anymore because I'm get, again, I'm giving this person more attention. But somebody wrote a review of Hot Mess and also of this show about a guest that we had come on who is plus size. And this person was clearly trolling her, like hitting her up on every one of her social media, like trying to bring her down and trying to like say she's a terrible person, just like really low blows. And I did report it and I got it removed, but we ended up talking about it on the podcast. And then she just goes on a tirade and like leaves Mm. all these horrible comments and all these. And part of me was like, okay, I guess I learned my lesson. I'm just not going to talk about this stuff anymore. But at the same time, another part of me was like, no, you know what? I'm going to keep talking about it because yeah. A, it's hilarious to me that somebody has no life and wants to spend their precious time commenting on other people. Um, but also I like to call other people out on their shit when I think it's wrong. Yeah. And I mean, I think also you have to take into consideration even when looking at reviews of anything like if you look at yelp reviews of a storm like nobody the number of people that leave a store and are like that was a fine experience let me go review it right no the only person reviewing things like that are people that want revenge because they felt slighted in some way because they were missing the person the store the restaurant exactly yeah Uh, so i'm like these reviews cannot be taken into (laughs) consideration because when's the last time you left a review for a restaurant that was amazing but if somebody spit in your face you would be like the waitress spit in my fucking face like (laughs) so then everybody reads it and they're like what is this restaurant where i I, i'm just gonna go and they're gonna be spitting in my face constantly exactly and always (laughs) if i'm someplace i'm like that was so great wherever it is like i need to write a positive review i never do but yeah I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. I, I feel like maybe we should be writing reviews to yeah. ca- counteract the, but that's also why, you know, if you see somebody fucking slaying on Instagram and stuff, write a positive comment, say like something yeah. nice to people. Um, but thank you so much. We have to wrap up, but thanks for coming on the show. You're such a delight. Where can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can find me at Fat Carrie Bradshaw on Instagram and Fat Carrie Bishaw on Twitter. And you can listen to my podcast, um, Middle Children, on wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as the Bachelor podcast. You can listen anywhere. But just follow the Instagram. It's all there. Multi-podcasters. We're a league of our own. Oh, we try. Oh, <laughs> I, I was saying the other day that, like, like, I thought it would be challenging to have two podcasts, but the most challenging part is just telling people that you have two podcasts. <laughs> yes, and I do a radio show, too, each week. Oh, so you do? I do the Taylor Stryker show also. Oh, um, okay, cool. So, yeah, you can listen to that. I'm on usually Monday mornings. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you so much. All right, all right, all right. I hope you liked that little chat I had with Chris Burns, a.k.a. Fat Carrie Bradshaw. He's just a a true individual, like I said before, and um, I would definitely give him a follow. And, yeah, I loved that he was so open about the 
body image standards amongst gay men and this kind of grinder culture, no fats, no femmes, no Asians thing that I had no idea about. I've never heard of that before. And I'm glad to hear that we're moving away from that and that we're kind of making fun of that because that is horrible. And on the subject of dating apps, I mean, I used to be on the apps and you would see this. Sometimes you would see guys who would who would say you know will not date above x amount of pounds which I always thought was disgusting and I also think it's disgusting when women write in their profile you know 510 and up because you can have certain preferences but at a certain point I think you're crossing a line into demeaning other people and making them feel bad about their body that they have no control over um so it's okay to only want to date certain people to have specific preferences I think all of that is totally fine as long as you are also being open-minded and are sure that that is actually really your preference and not just what you think you like based on beauty standards or being brainwashed but Once again, I've said this before, I don't think that any form of telling people your opinion of their body or what you think of their body or what bodies are good, what bodies are bad, I don't think any of that is acceptable. So I'm happy to hear that we're moving away from that. Um, Somebody DM me and tell me what the straight apps are like, or not the straight apps, but you know what I mean, the the non-exclusively gay apps, because I don't know, I haven't been on them for over a year now. And I would love to hear like any dating app or dating stories that you have in relation to body image or body criticism or somebody commenting on your body. I find that stuff very interesting. I might do a whole separate episode about that as well. Anyway, regardless, um, you can always slide into my DMs. I'm at Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram. You can also join the private Facebook group by searching on Facebook for RIP Dieters. Just request to be added to the group and I will accept you. I just ask that you keep it a safe space and don't say anything disparaging about anybody else or um, anything fat phobic in that group. You need to keep it a sacred space. Namaste. And finally, if you want to write to me, you want it's too long for a DM, you want to write me an email, you want some advice, what have you, you can email me at ripdiets at gmail.com. Have a wonderful, fabulous, glorious week free from negativity. And I will chat you later. Just wait.